everybody. This is James from the Kickout Crew. Welcome to episode two. Hope you enjoyed the first one. Uh, really appreciative of the positive feedback and everything. Once again, if you have questions or comments, we are at Kickout Crew on Twitter. You know, so you can follow us there and interact. And you know, hey, maybe even have a couple of surprises for you. That being said, uh, once we kick it out to uh, you know, see how everybody's week is. You know, like I didn't do shit, but just work and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, uh, Brad, uh. Catch us up on your life, man. How was your week? Well, you know, I am in car sales, which is everybody's favorite type of employee. And uh, we had a big week. We're starting to get some new cars back in inventory. Did great. So, um, so far, so good. Uh, the week's ending. Looking forward to another big week. And look, just glad to be here with you fellas. Right. Can't wait for you to, uh, you know, swindle more people out of money. Really hope that goes well for you. <laughs> uh, I'm selling, I'm selling happiness. All I do is sell happiness and dreams. Oh, there that's right. Is. Hey, that's why they go to you, man. Right on. Well, uh, up next, we got uh, Adam from Bama. You know, Adam, tell us what's been happening. Oh, uh, man, great week. Um, thanks, everybody, for all the feedback. You know, we always enjoy anything positive. Um, all, we, all I really do is work, take care of my kids, man. Just uh, the metal fabrication business. It's an up and down type deal, but, hey, it makes money. It makes happiness, and I'm 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 halfway there. I hear you. That's good to know. Good to catch up with you, my man, Mike. What's uh What's been happening in your world, man? What's going on, guys? You know, same old, same old. Everything, everything, same, same as it always is. Work, come home, watch wrestling, drink beer. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> can't wait for football season. I know that for sure. Oh, I can't wait. Up next, Devin, you know, how, how are uh, things in New York? How's it uh, up north? Not too bad. This week's actually been uh, pretty nice. It's been nice weather up here. Um, surprisingly, that uh, that's about it. Working every single day and coming home, making dinners and, you know, pludging away, watching wrestling. And uh, I want to say much like Adam said, I want to thank all you guys for your feedback last week on our episode. That was, uh, it was a lot of fun to record and it should be another fun week for you guys here. Hell yeah, that's that's what I like to hear. You know, good shit, good shit. Up next, uh, the main event, Coach Rosie packing out the stadiums. Well, uh, how your week been? Oh man, I have had a, a very interesting week. I just accepted a coaching job at a new school by the name of Sunny Slope. So last year I was coaching at Desert Vista, and for one reason or another, they didn't renew our contracts. We made the playoffs. We had a good year, but. Now, that doesn't need to be explained here. So I'm moving on to Sunny Slope High School. And when we found out, my wife said, what do you want for dinner? I said, I know just the thing. Mike's meat, man, it hit my mind. I said, I need you to get three pounds of London broil, get Dale's seasoning. Let's let that seep overnight and then bust out the smoker, get the good pellets this time, and let's do it right. We've been eating it for three days straight, so... It's been a great week in my family's house. There you go. Glad you enjoyed, my friend. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. You know, Mike's Meat Minute, you know, you can catch that, uh, you know, only exclusively here at the Kickout Crew, you know, nowhere else. Shout out to Mike. But, uh, well, I guess uh, today's uh, matches that we're going to cover today, well, starting off is going to be uh, Triple H versus Stone Cold. Uh, Triple H just had to retire. Stone Cold was just at WrestleMania. Both of those, uh, you know, cross paths at this year's WrestleMania. You know, those were two, like, big things that happened, you know, this past uh, 
mania season, I guess you could say. Triple H, long story career. Obviously, our beer drinking boy, you know, Stone Cold came back, whipped some ass two nights. And uh, Triple H, you know, had to call it an early career. We obviously know he has a bunch more in the tank. It's kind of sad to see, honestly. So uh, we're going to be covering, uh, you know, Triple H, Stone Cold from uh, No Way Out. And, you know, and it was uh, February 25th, 2001 at the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. The attendance, 15,223, which I kind of find uh, crazy. You figure they would do a bigger arena, but, you know, that's just me. Maybe that's how Vegas is set up. I'm not sure. The match length was uh, 39 minutes and 27 seconds. It is a uh, gauntlet of a match, uh, to say the least. And, uh, you know, for all the fuckboys out there, Meltzer gave it uh, four and three-quarter stars for people who care about that shit. Yep. Nobody cares about Meltzer. Right. But uh, the backstory for this one actually was a good one because it took a year to take on to come up to this. This match was the year making, starting at SummerSlam 99, when Triple H attacked Stone Cold with a chair after losing a triple threat match that included and was won by Mankind. Austin got his rematch a few months later at no mercy, but lost when The Rock hit Austin with a sledgehammer that was meant for Triple H. Austin was booked to be in a triple threat match with Triple H and The Rock, but Austin, because he was bald, got hit by a car. <laughs> took that took him out. It was uh first revealed as Rikishi that hit Austin. You know, that whole I did it for the rock. Yeah, yeah. You gotta say, you gotta say it, you know, I did, I did it, for, it the for the people. I did it for the rock. But uh, but soon was real that it was triple H the whole time. Austin then what a you know rattlesnake does open a can of whoop ass on triple H. Austin uh, drove a fork truck into Triple H's car, elevated him up, got him nice and high, and dropped his ass right on the damn roof Ooh. of that car. Y'all remember that happened? Yep. That was, sure that, was a damn, that was a good times back then. Well, it was a face stone cold, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Austin then went after the WWF title from Kurt Angle, who had at time, but Triple H interfered, that cost him the match. Austin that year would go on to win the Royal Rumble 2001 and earn a title shot at WrestleMania. Before he got the biggest show of the year, he still had to deal with Triple H. And as things got heated between the two, they had to sign a contract with saying they could not interact with each other, no physical, nothing like that. Austin signed the contract. Triple H acted like he signed the contract, then attacked Austin. Well, Austin retaliated how Austin could. He couldn't hit Triple H, so what'd he do? He stunned Stephanie. And here we go. Equal rights. <laughs> there we go. And that's where the match starts. That's where we go on. I do like the uh, the the stipulation that they can't contact each other. I think that just builds the steam. Because, you know, nowadays, hell, everybody that's fighting each other, they brawl, you know, in specific, like, Weeks leading up to it, somebody, like, gets the upper hand, and then the next week the other person, like, does their finisher. Like, you know, it goes back and forth. But I like the uh, the buildup of they can't touch each other. To me, that's they can't touch that. And that bastard motherfucker Triple H, you know, like, did the pedigree on Stone Cold, and it was like, you know, because uh, McMahon's like, you're suspended. And he's like, nope, I didn't sign it. <laughs> and then, like, rips that yep. thing off. And then signs it. Up. And, then signs it. And, and the stipulation was if they did, Austin would lose his WrestleMania match 
And oh, if boy. Triple H did it, he was suspended for six months. Yep. So we can go ahead and talk about the match. The match, you know, there was a, it was a three stages of hell match is what that was. Oh, and hold on. Before so, uh, to this, I want to point out just for everybody at home, this is kind of the culmination to the uh, I did it for the rock, but the rock is not involved. So, yes, this is the culmination <laughs> of that storyline. But somehow the rock is nowhere involved in any of this at all. Just want to point that out for the, you know, people keeping track. And okay. attempted vehicular manslaughter, but hey, we'll let that slide. Yeah, yeah, we just said that side. Was they say he was bald headed? They didn't care. That's true. Hey, you, <laughs> you can uh, shout out Brad. Don't walk uh, close. Shout out to Brad. Because you know, don't go to Sice Berling. I'm also a client. Right. I'm also a client. Because you uh, you may be able to get hit by a car, and it's not attempted vehicular manslaughter. So be sure to watch yourself. You know, head on a swivel. Yep. So, what y'all think about this match, though? What do y'all think about Brad Stanton posting a picture with his hair? That'd be good. I um, I just want to point out before we start with the match. This is the uh, pay per view before Austin turns uh, turns heel, correct? It is one. It is also also right before the WWE bought WCW. That all happened next (laughs) month, correct? Yeah, this is the last pay per view of the uh, Monday Night Wars era. Yeah, that is uh, yes. something to think about. I just wanted to ask, before this gets started, real quick. Austin said he wanted to turn heel because he was losing steam. This is a 40-minute match. A 40-minute <laughs> match. Uh, there is no way that the WWE felt that Austin was losing steam, putting him in a 40-minute match. So, uh, do you guys agree with that? Because this the is crowd a went apeshit, because I even have here, uh, you know, Triple H has an okay entrance. Crowd goes apeshit once the glass hits. Like... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Why, I don't. I don't get it. If you're running out of steam, it wasn't on us. <laughs> you know, it wasn't on us. Yeah. <laughs> he probably just wanted to be a heel again. It's more fun and it's easier. Yeah. And plus, he can get his T-shirt money. They're going to buy it either way. That's definitely true. They're going to buy it either way because they bought him when he's a heel to begin with. <laughs> yep. And we, ha- I have a little thing about at the end of the match. You know, when he turns heel and everything. The aftermath of the match. So. It's assholeian. You know, and Michael Cole with highlights, also something I wanted to point out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know one one thing about this match. Watching it back, Jr. and Jerry DeKean Lawler mm-hmm. on commentary. Nice. Those two are peanut butter and jelly. Yep, I mean, gold. they just go together. No matter what it is, they can just go. And I I watched this match three times just because of what? Jr. and Jerry DeKean. I did. <laughs> Well, you <laughs> spending a lot of time to watch it three times. For all yep, of you, I watched three times. I just 120 minutes. Yep, I did. That's true. Just just because of Jr. and King. Yeah, I mean, missing them too. But even the botch moves, they did cover them up real nicely because uh, in that they first, did. There were a couple the of like, botches, and they just like mm-hmm. covered like smoothly transitioned. When King hey. yelled at Jr. for putting the sledgehammer under the announcement uh, yes. <laughs> I love that. He called him a son of a bitch. I have that in my notes, too, you know, uh, where he called him a son of a bitch. Oh, I thought the first That's what he, no, he called him a dumbass. He's like, you dumbass. I didn't put that under there. If we're going to break this down, like, in match by match, since there's kind of three matches in it. I thought the first match was honestly awesome. It was a really good technical match. Yeah, it was better. It was the better one of the three 
honestly, in my opinion. It was uh, it was Stone Coldish. If you think about the uh, the following two, you know, this was definitely yeah. the uh, Stone Colder of the two that follow. Right. It was more of the old school wrestling. You know, getting yeah. the ring, beating the out of each other. You know, they didn't. You know, they went up on the top rope, jumping and doing flip flops and everything else. They just beat the shit out of each other in the and ring. Austin, Austin reversed a cradle into a cradle of his own. And honestly, I thought that was about to be the finish. They would have had <laughs> right. me sold right there. But then about 15 seconds later, he popped up and hit a stunner. And that was the end mm. of the first round. And as you look at the match links of all these, like, three falls, like, this first one's 12-20, 12 minutes, 20 seconds, you know? Right. It's pretty quick compared to the rest of the match. So, yeah, I still yeah. about that transition, though, from a regular match to a uh, basically a no-holds-barred match. I mean, here you are hitting moves that are able to pin someone with regular regular moves. Now you're going to be hitting something with chairs, and they're not going to be pinned. Yeah. Do you think that – do you think that's uh, – like, listen, I'm all about – you know, I'm okay with that if that's what it was uh, alone. But for me, it was a, a tough transition from a regular match where moves can beat you to – where a chair can't. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a good yeah. point. You know, how are you going to, you know, lose to, like, uh, some bullshit, but then get smoked with a chair in, like, seventh time, which I, you know, uh, when we go into that, I definitely took some statistics on chairs. But, yeah, how do you how are you going to lose regularly, but then kick out a chair shit? That's a good point. Well, yeah. yeah. Stone Cold. You're a mark. <laughs> and then, you know, with, it, with it being, uh, you know, uh, three matches all in one, you know, whoever has the most wins. And like we already said, you know, Austin won the first match. That means we know Triple H is going to win the second one. Right. I mean, it's just there. But that that kind of right there kind of gets me with those, these kind of matches, two out of three falls. Well, did you notice that it was a bunch of, if you think about this first match, it was like throw Triple H to the ropes, jump up, do the thuds press, beat him, beat him up, you know, and then do some shit. Throw him into the other ropes. Jump up, bam, dude. You know, it's yeah. it was kind of repetitive in that sense to me. Yeah, it, that it was. It was kind of repeating. Like, they're just rotating which side of the ring they do the, the set. You know, right. You know? Just do the same match three I, times over in one match. Yeah, but, I agree with yeah. that, Mike. You don't have to watch it till the last, uh, till the last match because you know it's going to go two out of three. But, right. you know, th this might be a controversial take, but I don't like Triple H. I never have. I liked his ring music and his entrance. That was cool. But I didn't like his character. I, I mean, if, if you gave a list of the 10 greatest, yeah, 10, 10 greatest WWE people, he would be in everybody's list. But he'd be my number 10. He might not even make it, but he, I never, uh, I never liked Triple H. He's on the, uh, well, I was rooting for Stone Cold. Why is that going on there with you, Coach? Like, his character. Uh, I, I just didn't like, I didn't like him as a person. If I don't like you as a person, I mean, wrestling character, I'm not going to like you, you know? Right. So the, as, I don't care if you give me five-star matches or not. For me, it's about the promos and then getting to the ring. I didn't like the whole Triple H promo. He's always angry. Uh, he didn't really have a lot of diversity in his promo style. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I, I, do like selling, though. I do like his selling in a match. I think that he definitely knows how to sell an injury. I think he knows how to sell a move. I think he knows how to sell exhaustion. These are, are different things that he does right to make someone else at least look good. I get what you're saying, coach. Uh, maybe I, I, 
you know, there, there's times when CM Punk's in the ring for 45 minutes. I know everybody like, you know, jerks off to that, but my gosh, after a while, I'm like, I, I'm going to the bathroom or something, but Triple right. H is the same way in that way to me. But, but when it comes to the in-ring work, I think he does make his opponent look good. Yeah. I yeah, think he gets I agree. for his promo shit. Like when he comes out and spits 25 minute promos, nobody's down with that. But I think that's what he gets a bad rap for is the promo stuff because his wrestling is, you know, like you said, like it's way good. But for me, I'm always hating Triple H because I just imagine him and Stephanie there and I'm changing the channel, you know? Like, <laughs> just, oh, cool, you know? I've been third wheel a lot, so I've seen a lot of, you know, uh, relationship <laughs> stuff. Like, this is going to go one of either they're going to be the most in love or they're going to fucking hate each other. Like, but I don't want to watch it. I'm a wrestling, you know? That's just me. I get the reason to do the power couple, like we own the company type of bullshit, the authority thing. I get that. The other thing on the other channel is okay, cool. Let's see you. That being said, you know, let's uh, transition back to, uh, you know, so Austin gets the stunner and wins fall number one, 12 minutes, 20 seconds in kind of sort of really quick though on that uh, stunner and all that stuff, you know, but you know, yeah, no, but then you, uh, that's, uh, you know, I thought, I thought it was interesting. This is the shortest like match of the three. Yeah. But I mean, this is the rest of the match. I figured this might be one of the longer ones. Yeah. It started out this way. And then the other two would be kind of like, right. Cause I mean, cause you're getting tired, you know, as you go on, but I mean, you're out there wrestling for 40 plus minutes, you know, yeah. but this is the one that people like the least out of the three. Yeah, I agree. In this generation, people weren't looking for wrestling matches. They wanted the over the top hardcore moves. I think that's what made it like it's the same move set. Like they just did the same move set over and over and over. And then Austin got the stunner. Right. I thought it was, you know, Austin, but maybe they were saving it because uh, you know, we started there going 40 minutes. With fucking, you know, Austin throws triple H out, suplexes him twice on the steel. You know, that's how they start the second one. Like, he gets a suplex twice on the ramp, I guess. That's yeah, and then that straight awesome. on the tailbone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it had a little, like, dip in it, you know? Oh, and yeah. He was eating those. Like, what do you And mean? also, I, I also noticed I got on my notes where um, when Austin's grabbing chairs and throwing them in the ring, mm-hmm. he grabbed a damn chair from the um, timekeeper. Ripped it right from underneath his ass. He just still sit down and he just grabbed that damn bitch. Oh, <laughs> he didn't even ass. use it. Hey, I <laughs> he have it. He I grabbed have, it. I have the stats on this too. Austin does a uh, eleven chair shots when they get in the ring. Two on the back. Triple H hits the ground. Then he does nine like on his legs. Triple H even rolls over at one point because he's probably like, man, you've been blasting this side of my body. <laughs> like you know, can't think. Yes. Yeah, eleven uh-huh. straight chair shots. Mm-hmm. Adam, I wanted to ask you specifically because I'm not a fan of anything outside of the ring. I actually can't wait for them to get back in the ring. As a as an in ring performer, what were you like outside the ring? How did you like it? Oh, being suplexed outside is so rough because I'm, a lot of it I think is unneeded, especially with the name of Triple H and Stone Cold. I don't think that they have to go out there and do that kind of stuff. I mean, because I understand like the Hardys and all them when they do it. They want to get known. They want to get their name up there. But when you're at the status of Triple H and Stone Cold, I think it's unneeded, especially on the ramp, on that metal part of the ramp. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. 
Um, right. I've, I've, I've been hit by a chair. It sucks. Um, the back sucks, but in the knees, I can't imagine getting hit in the knees with a damn chair. I mean, that's how you get your knee torn. That's that's how you get injured, really. Especially with Triple H, John, for, every time he walks, he, he gets hurt. Even for like a street fight like this, you don't think they should go outside? No, I don't. I mean, going outside and doing stuff is one thing, but taking them kind of bumps, you know, because them two guys, they don't need to do that. They're, they're known. They're established. Leave it to the guys that are just starting now. I don't think they can, I don't think they need to do it. Um, but as far as you know, like the indie indie guys, I can see why they do it because they want to get known. That's how they get their name up, you know, up the ladder. You know, case in point, Hardy's, Edge Christian, all them guys, the, the Dudleys, everything they did with the TLC matches. I mean, I'm a big fan of them, and I hate being outside wrestling. Fuego, uh, Fuego del Sol. Oh, I'm a big fan of Fuego. I mean, I, I love his enthusiasm. I love his excitement. I mean, it's just, I'm a, and plus he's a smaller guy like I am. So I, I'm a big fan of Fuego. Alabama's only luchador. <laughs> and Devin, I wanted to see what you thought too, because you've never lived in a world where there wasn't chairs and ladders and tables. I did, okay? I remember someone coming off the top ropes was a finisher. Yeah, the, the, the hammer fist, like, bam! Yeah, the double X hammer, baby. Does something like this do anything for you? So, yeah, I love this, this style of wrestling. I was born and raised in the Attitude Era. Um, a true story, when I was six years old, my mom took me to wrestling practice. Ooh. I signed up for wrestling, going to do, like, peewee wrestling. She said we were in there for five minutes. I asked her when I get to hit someone with a chair. Mine <laughs> <laughs> said the same thing. So I literally, that's funny. My, mine did the same thing. He wanted to sign up for wrestling and everything else. And I'm like, he was talking about WWE and all this other stuff. I'm like, that's not the wrestling you can do in school, son. He's like, oh, well, what am I going to do? I said, that's completely different. <laughs> so he was thinking he was going to get there and get in the ring and be doing all this other shit. I'm like, no, nah, that's not yeah, what middle so school wrestling is. I, w- I was similar to that where I just, I love the attitude era growing up. And then I had to kind of force myself to learn like the actual in-ring wrestling techniques and stuff kurt angle and uh brock lesnar helped me a lot with, with that yeah another thing um i know about i think someone needs cream cheese <laughs> oh yeah when you need That's it you need it right you <laughs> know what they're doing later don't we yeah cream cheese it is that's hey that's exclusive only here at kickout crew that's exclusive content you can only find here <laughs> yeah. Get me a bagel. Get me a bagel. Yeah. Another thing I noted for the second match when they pulled out the barbed wire two by four, yep. the crowd started chanting Foley. There's a big I guess Foley. That was just pre-made. Day. You know, they just have these laying around. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, <laughs> just just what it is. So can we borrow your uh, two by four you carry around with you? Well, we we got to <laughs> talk about that table spot too. Like uh, where they go to the announce tables, you know, and yeah. Triple H fakes the pedigree. And then, uh, like, Austin throws him over his back, you know, and yep. smashes that fucking announcement. But he almost threw him too far to the left, if you yeah, notice. Yeah, He went yeah. sideways, and he almost missed that table. Could you imagine? Triple H had to put his hand down, kind of direct himself. Yeah. I noticed yeah. that in the replay. Like, it, it was kind of the perfect spot, but it was really close to not being the perfect spot, you know? <laughs> Something was off. Something was off for sure. It wasn't quite right. Yeah. But well, the like, probably lost some damn bleeding like a damn stuck pig. The table to break easy. Yeah. And Austin, I mean, he got hit in the head with that barbed wire, so he's already damn gushing blood. 
I mean, he came up, he got hit, he came up and on that announce table, he was just damn gushing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah. Uh, then they got back in the ring. Triple H, he was about to get stunned, and he reversed uh, Stone Cold into the ropes and come right back with the sledgehammer. Yeah, I thought that was a big spot. <laughs> That one spot where he had the uh, we had the barbed wire on his head, and Stone Cold just laying there, grabbed the chair, and flop over the back of his head, wrapped it over. Yep. Triple H, that was great. Good spot. Good spot. It is funny how Stone Cold like went to the announce table, like kind of behind it, uh, where Jr. and Jerry are, and then next thing you know, he comes out and he's bleeding. So like, oh, yeah, let's oh. mm-hmm. hit that announce table a little too hard, you know. <laughs> Did you guys see Stone Cold stop quick for a beer? He went over to the timekeeper's area, grabbed a beer quick. Yeah, grabbed a beer, and then he smashed it over Triple H's head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's only Stone Cold right there. I will say that on this match, uh, Triple H did a bunch of, like, neck breakers onto a chair. And me, as a Stone Cold fan, even watching it back, I was like, man, like, this dude just, like, he's the, the bell cow. And you're fucking, you know, he has a bad neck. And you're just like, hey, let's do a neck breaker out of the chair. Bam! You know, like, because it's not flat. <laughs> you know, the chair has, I don't know. To me, that seems like a little much. I know they're professionals and they do this shit. You know, but, like, I don't think you, uh, you know, you don't pile drive Stone Cold. And I would assume you don't do anything to the neck area. Like, hey, let's do a neck breaker onto the fucking, you know, chair. That's just me. I mean, if you look at Jerry Briscoe and his chair shot on Stone Cold, which is, you know, it wasn't even a fucking, you know, rip through wet toilet paper. Like, you don't hit the bell cow. So, for them to concentrate on the neck so much on this match kind of made me a little queasy, which maybe that's good storytelling. I don't know, but slamming Stone Cold. Yeah, I noticed that too, but, you know, with his neck injury. Yeah, with his neck injury and everything else, I agree. Like, but I mean, they know how to work it. They can, if he can do it safely, let him do it safely. I mean, but yeah, but it was cringeworthy. It it just, it just was. You know, he's hurt. And you know, he's not hundred percent. Like, what are we doing? Like they didn't do it once. They did it like fifteen times. <laughs> you know. Well, and that's the thing with Triple H too. He did it with X Pac back in uh, I think it was Backlash, nineteen ninety nine Backlash, when X Pac came back with his neck injury. He did the same thing to X Pac. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I guess if they trust each other, why not do it? Did you notice that the steel steps were uh, spray painted? No way out. So I wonder if they. Oh, I did. I seen that specifically because they were thinner. Because you remember when uh, he hit him with the thing, it's like blah, and it like reverberated a whole bunch. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't notice that. Yeah, they were spray painted with it. Fall two is with a pedigree after countering the stunner, which happened I don't know eighty five fucking times this match. You know. But, you know, hit him in the head with the sledgehammer. That was that pin. One, two, three. Fall two. Uh, the match length was 1550. So, you know, that's three minutes longer than the uh, match one. But the Somebody overall three time. Three minutes? Three <laughs> minutes. But the overall time is 28 minutes, 10 seconds by uh, pin two. Oh, that's now, big. Now the cage comes down. So we're, we're left away. just like laying on the ground, and then a cage comes down around them. Uh-oh. So I want to ask a question real quick before that gets started. You guys, um, I, I don't have a very popular opinion about the cage. 
I grew up, my first real cage match I remember was King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan, where Hulk Hogan escaped the cage, and I was cool with that. Everybody else says you're in a cage for a reason. I'm okay with escaping the cage. What do you guys think? Depends on who it is and what the story is. Like, if the story needs them to escape the cage, I'm all for it. If the story needs them, like, fuck everyone, we're going to lock y'all inside a cage, no one gets in, I'm cool with that. You know, like, it depends on what how what the story is leading into whatever. But one of the stipulations is you can get out. They actually say that in those cage matches, unless it's like hell in a cell. Well, I mean, uh, like, if it's a covered one and, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. I got you. I specifically remember in this match. Um, they said that as Triple H and Stone Cold were starting to climb the cage, JR was like, it doesn't matter if you escape in this match. You can only win by pinfall or submission. And King was right. like, if you escaped, I consider you a winner in this one. <laughs> so I thought so, that was kind of funny. They didn't know what was going on. Well, to answer your question, Brad, I don't like any uh, cage matches. Okay. I think the dungeon match. I can't see inside them. True. It is visual. Even though, even though they bring the camera inside, it's just it's hard. Not a big fan. Now, I got a Punjabi question. Prison match. I I love a Punjabi prison match, but a straight cage. Oh, God. Is, yeah, because we can see inside that thing. Yeah, it's visual. Right. <laughs> Good shit, pal. <laughs> do you like uh? Do you like the new cage matches now? Since they have like a big hole in the corner. Like down near the bottom of the turnbuckle. I never thought kind of added that after uh, TNA had that for a few years. I think they mainly did that for camera angles. Yeah, that's what I believe as well. So I don't know if that could help Coach C a little bit more, but <laughs> yeah. Impact isn't even a wrestling organization. Eric Bishop says that. I did think this was a very slow match, this third part. I, I thought it was getting very boring in there. Um, they were excelling the exhaustion, which I guess it makes sense. It's a third match. You guys have been wrestling for 20-some minutes already. Uh, the exhausted stunner that Stone Cold throws is almost as good as the one he threw this year against uh, Vince McMahon. That was, but it, makes that was his fault. it makes sense, though. It makes sense here. It just was – I think they were done. I think this, it, this was yeah. a little – I was ready for it to be over. In this there was thing. a nut shot on the ropes, you know. Oh boy! Stuff. Yeah, like oh, right. Jr. is like barbed wire. He got that barbed wire. You know, love it. Yeah, I love that. Well, and you know, like Brad said, Brad said, you know, them selling being so tired. You know, were they? But were they really selling, or were they really damn tired? Because they beat the yeah. shit out of each other. You know, so I'd be tired too. You know, every last bit, every last hit, everything else, you can tell they were just giving it every little bit that they had just to finish that up. There is a pedigree off a stunner uh, false finish, and Triple H grabs his fucking uh, knee brace to pin him up. He doesn't yeah. wrap around the leg. He just grabs a knee brace and just pulls he just it up. He grabs what he could. That was funny. I was like, damn. <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. But I, I think in this match, we can almost go to the end. The end is, I think, a very good ending because they don't make anybody look weak. Let's face it, they yeah. both hit each other with their weapons of choice and just happened to one fell on the other. So nobody looks weak in the moment ending. because either one of them could have been pinned. That's right. You don't see an ending like that either. You know, like that's a really good one. Yeah. I I, I like the finish of that match. Like just like the way they did that and everything else. Like they both struck each other, they both went down. 
and and Triple so H doesn't even know he won. Up. He doesn't even know he won. It's yeah, really good. yeah. They just beat the shit out of each other. They scraped barbed wire on each other's heads, like chair shots, all all this galore. So to have them both like fall over like that, I think it's cool to me. You know, like it makes sense. It's like a real like they beat the absolute fuck out of each other, and then they, they did. Fall, you know, it's cool. like until has the ball last. You know, yep. it's, it almost is like that. No one was better. Just you had the ball last. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Until they're both was, laying there and camera's showing it on them and some dickhead in the fan, you know, in the, up in the audience. Well, that's coming too. But if you notice, when when they're laying there, somebody throws a beer can and smacks Stone Cold right in the damn forehead. Oh, man, I didn't see that. That's, that's when he jumps. Yeah. So he jumps up, they get out. Okay, yeah. And all of a sudden, point, point back to damn Triple H. And Triple H is there, sitting there, gigging himself. <laughs> giddy, giddy. For no ah. reason. It's after it's the match no reason. <laughs> Why is he doing this when the match is I over? I have no idea. And they show him. <laughs> they show him doing it. Seven, and he's stuffing it back down in the trunks, everything else. It's just, it's crazy. What you got to do? Uh, it's just, uh, that- uh, sorry, when, uh, when I was rewatching the end of that finish, it just reminded me of that scene in Step Brothers. And they both hit each other. Yeah, I, was, knocked out conscious. I was thinking yeah. the same yeah. thing. I swear I was thinking the same thing. I swear that's great. Oh, so that's just rewatching. I wanted to point that out there. But that's so much weird. more room for activities in this room here, this fun house. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> <fun house. Yeah. laughs> No, I thought that was great though. Yeah, it was a good match. I mean, it was a little long, but yeah, yeah you got three falls. I mean, it's just it was, to be that long. you know, because the final match actually was the shortest one. Eight minutes, 20 seconds. But granted, you know, they barbar grinded each other's faces and, you know, double, you know, double pin finish, whatever. Uh, But did you notice that it was a long ending after that? Like they stayed on the ground for forever. And once again, you know, Triple H gigging himself after it's over is a really good question. I'd love to ask him one day. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is what? What's the point of that? You know, by the time it's really gushing, you're way backstage. Like, you know, they're already sealing your forehead. Any cut himself, which in the hair, you know, Brad, you know, you don't get the benefit of this. But if you're ever going to blade in the wrestling business, do it in the hair, you know. Yeah, mine starts back on my neck. So I, I don't have that luxury. You're right. <laughs> Played the, the chin. Be a weird spot to blade. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. How did that happen? <laughs> but then you know they lay there for forever like forever in a day they're playing triple h's music then they get up stone cold stuns him which i think that's your baby face like ending you know triple h won the match but for some reason hey stand up bam stunner you know that's uh that's like the hogan must pose type of thing i guess yeah they leave hot and that's and cool. i like this version of austin's music the disturbed version yeah the disturbed version yeah I do like I, that. I, I like that one. The announcer yeah, is talking about the uh, tables being in shambles. And uh, like JR and Jerry are like, look, we got blood. We got everything. And they're sitting down. And then it cuts to the Spanish table, which is still broke down. And the uh, Spanish <laughs> announcers are standing. So like Jerry and JR are like, look at our table. It sucks. It's in shambles. <laughs> and these other two dudes are standing. <laughs> I don't even have a table, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny at the end of it, like as the camera like pans away and you see like what is it, Tony Gray or whoever standing. And it still goes back to Jr. and King. I mean, they just doing their work, and it brings everything into it. 
Yep. They're and the best. The first match on the uh, official card, too. Yeah. Stone Cold was the opener. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That warmed up. About it, like how the way JR talks about it, you know, he wouldn't do well. JR, that's Grilling JR at Grilling JR on his podcast. But he talks about how, you know, Stone Cold, no matter what, wanted to be the house show main event, even if he had to travel and stuff, you know. He wanted to mm-hmm. fucking be the, he wanted to close it down. So for him and Triple H to do this opening match, which I know it's the three stages of hell, like, but for them to do this opening match, that uh, speaks volumes. There was, a f- there was a few matches before it. Yeah. There was like Stephanie was versus Trish. and The pre-show shit, wasn't it? I don't know. No, it was right on the actual Peacock feed. Well, yeah, but they, they showed the pre-show. Oh, did they? Maybe that's what it is. Because at, 40, check at 42 minutes, all of a sudden the big fucking intro comes in for the pay-per-view. And I was like, oh, that must have been the pre-show. No. Yeah. Oh, wait, I don't Not know mean. that. You may be right on that, but when I watched well, it, I was like, oh. Let's this check is- our facts tonight. We'll report back next week. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that's a running storyline. Yeah, you'll have to check in next yeah. week. The thrilling conclusion of... Was that the pre-show? What a teaser, huh? <laughs> who wants to who wants to see the next that, show? That that's when uh Stephanie had Triple H's old music coming out to it. True. That my time now. It's my time now, whatever it is. That was my favorite theme for him. Personally. Yeah, mine too. Well, guys, I think we spent as much time on this uh breakdown as the show of uh, the match actually happened. Are we ready to move on there, James, or what? That's true. Well, uh, you know. I think we're ready to transition to, uh, you know, uh, certain topics. Who's got a good topic uh, on hand? Who's up? Uh, who wants it? Raise your hand. You know what? Here's what I want to say something about. We go to Mike. This is Mike. Uh, Mike, go ahead. Mike, go right ahead. <laughs> These damn barricades, the LEDs on the barricades. What do you, what's y'all's thought on that? First off, because I hate them. I think it's just another spotlight. It's taking you off attention of the match. Maybe another spot, you know, they put a sponsor or something like that. But they done, they got the ring wrapped around where they can put LEDs all around the ring and everything. Now they're doing the barricade. What's next? The ring itself? <laughs> right. I and mean. They did that at a WrestleMania with Bray and uh, Randy Orton where they flash like bugs and shit. Right, they did all that stuff. Yeah, you know, I just I think it's too much. I think the LED barricade's cool for TV, but it completely sucks like in the scheme of things. But TV it'll be cool for pay per views. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be good for pay per view, or maybe like even like the the four pay per views, like WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. I think it'd be cool for that. Yeah, you know, but every single week, I think it's just too much. You know, they got, you know, when they come out now, the ramps are already done. Now they're doing the barricade. You know, it's just, it's too much Hollywood. Uh, As Bruce would say, he would say, you know, wrestling organizations really don't care about what the two to three percent of the so-called wrestling experts, you know, like us, we're part of the three percent. They're marketing to that 97 percent who does want all those ads and they want to get their ad sales. So it's, it's never going to change, but I definitely hear you there. You're right about yeah, I mean, that, a hundred percent. I mean, just the fact that we're going to watch either way, 
So they're, yeah, they're not marketing to us. That's, and, that, and that's why Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar win the Royal Rumble this year. It's not for me. That's a fact. Right. Hey, Brock, Brock won Money in the Bank and Royal Rumble in the same fucking year. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah. Really and still not the champion right now. So. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's a, also a very good point. <laughs> Well, hey, that's good shit. I, for one, am not a anybody else want to chime in on this barricaded, you know, thing. I don't really like it. I think it's a TV producer or people probably love the shit out of it. Like, oh, we're putting the you know graphics over here, but like, yeah, I mean, that, that's what you're gonna, they're gonna have fucking snicker bars on the damn barricades. Yeah, exactly. You know? I know, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I'm with you, Mike. I think it's too much lights. They have the big entrance theme, and then they have it on one side of the apron, and then they have it all wrapped around the barricade. Just let's go back to wrestling. Doesn't have to be all entertainment all the time. The walkway is going to be a big LED board next. Yeah. All right. They already got that thing. That's why right here should be where it ends. The damn walkway. Right. I do want to point out Devin is uh 24 and pointed out like, hey, we're cool with the shit. Get back to wrestling. I just want to say, you know. The new generation yep. feels it too, you know. <laughs> Little much. Little much. So how many times are we going to have spears through the uh, timekeepers area too? How many times is that barricade going to come down before they realize they need to fix it to where it don't keep coming down every time somebody leaves against Table. Them? How many times is that damn table going to get crushed? Oh, you think they yep. fix it by now? As many times as uh, Roman Reigns has speared somebody through the, um, the timekeeper's area, they should fix that barricade. It could fall on somebody. You almost got taken oh. out of chains, right? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, <laughs> I know someone that got taken out, but they did. One of our great, great dear friends. Like, number one, oh, yeah, you know. Megan Nelson, shout friend out. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Oh, friend of the show, uh, for sure. But yeah, she got uh, taken out by uh, two legends, you know, like Sting and Matt Hardy were uh, dueling. So, you know, hey, she gets to keep that forever. And, I and can you tell know, you that you're there to help her back up on her feet and you know, not worry about what's going on at the bottom of you. Very helpful. <laughs> a lot of the crowd was very helpful, you know, like. There was also an extended, uh, you know, uh, match going on, which, hey, we're not here to talk about that, you know. Sting <laughs> Matt Hardy at my feet. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> I just want to throw that in there real quick. That's for another episode. Right. Hey, that's more uh, exclusive content. You can only find out at Kickout Crew. That is at Kickout Crew on Twitter. Famous plug. What are we talking about? Y'all got me, uh, you know, side swiped on right. Megan getting blasted. Yeah, that's a bad way to say it. Megan, wow. <laughs> well, we're off the road. that one. But yeah, go ahead, Rosie. <sighs> no, I was going to say cut that part. But I will bring <laughs> up this. Since we have Adam from Mama, my segment is going to be on the upcoming college football season. Ooh. Um. I'd like to know, Adam, who you think will win the SEC. Uh, I'm a Pac-12 expert because I, I went to Arizona State. I'll talk about the Pac-12. James, remember, so I'm biased. James, you give us the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Brad, I don't know what uh, league Villanova is. And maybe do the ACC, or even if you follow. And then uh, Devin, I don't know. Devin pick one. Big Ten. I assume he likes big. I bet y'all both. Oh yeah, Big Ten. 
Uh, and then, Mike, you do the Georgia side. Okay, go ahead. Who's going to win the SEC? Uh, Adam and uh, Mike. Uh, I SEC is going to break down probably to Georgia, Alabama again for another year. Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, because Florida's still rebuilding. Um, Auburn, they're they might they might just kick a little dirt up in the air, but I mean I I don't think it's going to be their year this year. I think it's just going to boil down to Georgia and Alabama again. What about Mississippi State? Way. Maroon. <laughs> I, I was a Delta Chi there. You know what about Mississippi State? Um, nah. I don't think they're going to go all the way up there like that, but, you know, to me, as long as Georgia beats Florida, I'm happy. Amen. The biggest I'm happy right there. The, the biggest party of the year, and I believe they uh, – is that in August or – well, no, September, right? Yeah, September. They do it before the shig- – or – It's no, actually it's November. It's No, it's yeah, November. October. October. We were there at – Yeah. It is we no- were there for full gear. That's uh, the day we went to that our bonus episode, Wild Bills. Oh God, yeah! Sign up, <laughs> be exclusive. <laughs> you get to hear the dirtiest story you've ever heard in your lifetime. Patreon coming soon. <laughs> nah, at kickoutcrew.com. <laughs> that we'll is get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Well, I think that uh, Utah will win the Pac-12. It's a very weak conference nowadays. If Arizona State, Utah Utes, yep, they're they're good. You figure you Uh, start paying players again since they kind of can. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, James? Big Twelve. Uh, the big yeah, but they don't want to go to shit. No, you were OU just had Baker Mayfield statue unveiling. I don't know if you all saw that, but it looks like shit. But Baker's got a lot of free time right now because uh, no one gives a fuck about him in the NFL. Hell, his own team traded for a guy that, number one, can't play. Number two, probably may go to jail for a sexual assault. But, hey, we hate you so much, Baker. <laughs> We're going to trade for that guy and pay him $200 million. So, you know, <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's life. I am a great fan of his demise. He is an arrogant, cocky piece of shit. So, you know, this, karma catches you, buddy. You know, you can't outrun karma. So I would take him. for his demise, but he was just in Norman. I have a bunch of Oklahoma friends like we're Snapchatting it up, like, oh my guy is Baker. Oh, yeah, he's free now. <laughs> you know, got a lot of time <laughs> on his hands. I'll take him on the Eagles. I bet you would. Because it really hurts. Uh, no, right another now. OU trash quarterback. <laughs> Go <ahead>. It hurts. <laughs> well, anyway, my pick in the ACC is Clemson because why not? Since I was given ACC for some reason. <laughs> southern atlantic man you know i live i live in the atlantic but hey let's give it to brad and philly (laughs) the acc there you go (laughs) the big east give me the big east i wish the big Big east East was still a real Uh, thing man they used to be the best basketball yeah big east please let's just stick with basketball right (laughs) seton hall they got a good football team not good enough (laughs) (laughs) bucks would know uh, what's happening in the northeast uh use so what else what you got for us today Devin? uh I'll, my team's syracuse syracuse orange i'm about two hours away from there i go to a few games every single year football and basketball they're uh just about i think it was eight years ago got transferred into the acc from the big east Damn. i've been following them every year i think this year honestly could be the year we got like like six stars coming back on defense 
defense is going to look nasty. Look for Deuce Chestnut to tear it up at corner. It's going to be a fun year. Hey, it's gonna be a funny grab, I like him. Yep, I know. I know Georgia has a few surprises up their sleeve this year. So actually, we got a uh, one of my hometown peoples going in there playing for him this year. Oh really? Gunnar Stockton. He's a quarterback. Oh Raven. yeah, I'm all about him. Look out for him. Texas right here, in Raven County. That's where he's from. Transfer. Very, very good player. Very good. Texas got a big-time transfer from Ohio State. Uh, he wasn't playing at Ohio State, but he was, like, I think the number one quarterback in the nation when he was recruited. So, we got, you know, a transfer portal. Like Rosie said, you know, everybody's a free agent. So, Sarkeesian was like, hey, you know, do, have y'all watched uh, Trailer Park Boys and y'all know who Jim Leahy is? That's Sarkeesian. Like, uh, just getting liquored up during the games. And, you know, he has actually been fired because of this. This isn't something I'm making up. You know, gets liquored up during the games, just does it. So he's like the Jim Leahy of football. But hey, this kid was the number one recruit out of high school, went to Ohio State, didn't play. So you tell me what number one recruit means, I guess. And then uh, he's transferring to Texas. So we'll see how that goes. More than likely, our last season in the Big 12 before us and those uh, pieces of shit from Norman, Oklahoma go to the SEC. So this is kind of like the Big 12 is kind of dying year. Like they definitely yeah, gonna die when they join the SEC. and all that stuff, but you ain't gonna be shit without Texas. Real stuff. If you break down the revenue chart, it was Texas pretty much funding it because it's one of those Robin Hood things. They would take from the uh, rich athletic departments and kind of share the wealth. And Texas makes bukus of money. Like even though they ain't one shit, they make bukus of money. So yeah, it's all about high school college football in Texas. Oh, you're damn right it is. I have seen some uh, questionable things. You watch that 30 for 30 about the SMU where they gave uh, Eric Dickerson a fucking gold trans am when he was in high school? Like, come on now. (laughs) Now, what's our second match for the day? Well, hey, anybody else got uh, any uh, topics of the day? Got a topic. Uh, For this week, for my Devin's demographic of the week, I'm talking about this, Nitro Pepsi. It's brewed with nitrogen instead of CO2. It's it's freaking awesome. Uh, normal normal soda has uh, the CO2 in it, which always causes me a bunch of hiccups. So I've literally, for the past 24 years, never really been able to drink soda. This one brewed with nitrogen. I love it. I have uh, drank a bunch of them, and I've only known about it for about two weeks. So go get yourself a nitro Pepsi. Hell yeah. He's the first yeah. member of the podcast to have his own fucking, you know, uh, contract. Sponsorship, guys. I, did, I didn't know this, Devin. Shout out. Hey, good for Devin. Good for Devin. Pretty soon I'll have a Nitro Pepsi tattoo on my shoulder, like CM Punk. Oh, that's CM Punk. Right. Man, I <laughs> get, what are you going to get? White bubbles on top of white skin? Come on. Yeah. I'll get the smooth, creamy, and ready to drink. Yeah, tattoo that on yourself. <laughs> Devin's topic is a, is a commercial. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you were sponsored, man. Hey, hey, you own the company? Uh, here at the kickout crew, we're already making the waves, you know. Devin is sponsored by Pepsi all of a sudden. <laughs> Have any of you guys tried this? Honestly? Uh, no. I've never heard, heard of it. Never heard of it. I'll try it when I get my first check. I'm a Mountain Dew Code Red. <laughs> like, Code Red is the best thing Pepsi uh, puts out. That's the best thing Pepsi puts out, but hey, I will try your product. Cold Red Mountain Dew. It's like watching Zombie Land. Cold Red Mountain Dew. 
I can drink Code Red over ice in a bottle. It'll just I'll get hiccups for an hour trying like, to sip it, it down. Like, uh, juice, like it's so. Oh man, I kill those twelve, you know, twelve ounce cans like it's nothing. <laughs> that being Robert, said, thanks for uh, the Pepsi minute there, <laughs> you know, Kevin. <laughs> I don't uh, no problem. I want to know. I want to know what shrooms you were on when you came up with that segment. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done shrooms. He, he just looked at that room and was like, fuck, I got to say something. Uh, Pepsi, hey, check out. <laughs> he just grabbed the first thing that was there. Oh, next we have my Ron Simmons picture. Right? <laughs> boy, boy, I sure am thirsty. Thank God I got a natural light to quench my thirst. Natural light, you know. When people say, "Hey, do you want a different type of beer?" Bud Light, Budweiser, of course. Like, no, 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 no. I would just like to stay with what's natural. Natural light. Oh man. No. Oh. That's <laughs> We've already commercialized that. Oh man. Done. Start, start to uh, go fund me for a liver transplant for James Okarai. <laughs> <laughs> Trade it with Daddy Light. <laughs> so I had a topic too, but I'm going to say you got just have a real quick hitter if that's okay. Quick hitter topic. Hey, I'm all about a quick hitter. All right. Yes. So did everybody watch SmackDown? I guess it would probably be a couple weeks ago now. Um, and Sasha Banks' hair is now that blue and that green. Yes. Okay. Yes, so you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Fun Dip, and that's uh, the Fun Dip that uh, the one that the raspberry turns into the. Uh, red apple or the or sour apple and the sour apple turns into the raspberry i don't know which way it goes but it goes one way or another and it looked delicious so a quick story there were two things my father hated as a kid he hated professional wrestling and he hated fun dip so he actually the tv came on and there was wrestling and i was like six and he goes turn that shit off it's fake so oh. immediately oh. he has now a 46 year old man i am now doing a podcast about wrestling so great job dad now, there are times when I go to uh, the local Wawa, which is a convenience store out this way, all right? And I will go there just for fun dip. So, Dad, O for two, pal. Yeah, And I hope you're in. listening, bud. And I have played Nintendo, too. You wouldn't let me have that either. Papa Stanton, you seem like but a I real you, prick. I love you. You're a good guy. I like, uh, I like these right. first two episodes. We've learned a lot about Brad and about the uh, inner workings of that that swindling yeah. brain of his. You know, what like, brings us Brad of today? But he, hey, <laughs> he sells stuff to people, but he's kind of like selling us to him. So, hey, it's a good job. Yep. But, hey, hey, Brad, you know, I used to get the same damn shit from my dad. He said... Look at that motherfucker right there. He'll get hit upside the head with a chair, and then he's going to run a marathon. <laughs> so I, I used to get it all the time, too. I quit watching wrestling because how's a guy going to get punched in the face 10 times in the corner and not have a black eye? He's like, going to have his head caved in. Yeah, exactly. Like, gotcha. <laughs> like, they got you. See, my dad uh, kind of said the opposite of Mike. He was like, he's going to get hit in the head with a chair, but he's never running a marathon. <laughs> so, <laughs> Imagine telling uh, your parents that you want to go train to be one. Yeah, right. That would have yeah. gone over. But this no, that, was a, that was a great... This yeah. over <laughs> that was a fun... That was a fun conversation. You're doing what with your money? Hey, I'm, I'm driving and doing it. So that was fun. Good shit. Great shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. 
Well, it appears that we are on to our second match of the night, which uh, by all means is a good one. Uh, you know, we chose uh, Kofi versus Daniel or Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, however you want to word it. But we chose that match as our second match to cover today. I mean, it was a great, you know, crowd-pleasing moment. It was definitely a great build. Everything, the stars aligned. It was uh, in the, the last WrestleMania as of right now. That was only one night, which I found very interesting. But uh, it was WrestleMania 35. It takes place on April 7th, 2019. It was at MetLife Stadium, East Rutherford, uh, you know, New Jersey. Fuck the Giants. Just want to get that out of the way. Uh, the attendance was 82,265, which is actually, if you think about it, uh, the Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, where they just held WrestleMania for two nights, has a capacity more than that, but they didn't break that either night. So that's kind of, you know, they say this last WrestleMania was the most attended. That's what they mean, because this one, 82,000 for one night. Very good number. The match length was 23 minutes and 44 seconds. And, of course, for all you fuck asses out there, David Meltzer gave it four and a half stars. Now, uh, this is actually a, you know, a really good match, really good buildup. I'm going to defer to Brad to kind of set the tone for this match because, I mean, it really is, uh, you know, it goes a long way and a lot of things come full circle with this buildup. So, Brad, take it away. So I, I don't think this match, this match doesn't start at WrestleMania 35. It actually, to me, starts before WrestleMania 30. And the reason I say that is because of Daniel Bryan. And I'm going to call him Daniel Bryan because that was his name then. Okay, so we're going to go with Daniel Bryan for now. So the, as everybody knows, that's probably listening to this podcast. If you don't, I appreciate you listening and learning. Daniel Bryan was not Vince's idea as a champion. He was, he's not what he thinks of as a champion. Everybody knows that. He is five foot, they say five foot 11 or not. He's five foot nine. He's 175 pounds to the moon on his best day soaking wet. And as it wasn't exactly his idea, but however, the fans wanted it. The fans were behind him. He is one of the best technical wrestlers that has ever, ever been. And he, he can be a good guy. He can be a bad guy, face, heel, whatever you want to call it. And he was willed by the fans into that main event. He wasn't even oh, yeah. in the main event the day of WrestleMania. He had to beat Triple H to get into that main event at WrestleMania. And it was one of the greatest moments to me in WrestleMania history, him winning that moment. And that is because of the fans. The fans wanted him there. Now, five years later, we have a very similar story building up. Kofi Kingston, 11 years, 11 years in the making, gets put into, uh, uh, what the heck's the name of that match, guys? What's the name of the match? Elimination 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 Chamber. Before you dive into this, I just want to know, uh, I just want to say, the WrestleMania 30 was uh, when I got back into wrestling, Somebody had a, a co-worker had a, a WrestleMania party. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll check it out. It was number 30. Figured it'd be a bunch of nostalgia and all this stuff. And I had seen the Daniel Bryan stuff because uh, I watched uh, ESPN like all the time back in the day. And you would see it at basketball games where they'd be doing the yes chant. Yeah, Michigan State. Like, you know, just randomly doing yes chants at basketball games and like shit like that. So it was picking up steam. Like this ain't a bullshit thing about like the fans pushed Daniel Bryan up there. And like and you said, it was not right. their uh, thing to do. And WrestleMania right. 30, well, it brought me back in. I saw Daniel Bryan hold up the belts, you know, in New Orleans. Like, it's a pretty emotional moment when he wins. So, 
He was Johnny. He was as big as uh, anybody at that moment to me. Mm -hmm. So now we're, we're at the elimination chamber and Kofi is a substitute for uh, Mustafa Ali to be in the match. I believe before a number one contendership for the championship. He wasn't even supposed to be in the match and he didn't win the match by the way, but there was a moment oh. in the match where he is screaming at AJ Styles, 11 damn years, 11 damn years. And I don't know what happened, but it, it triggered something with the fans. It triggered something with the fans at that moment that the, the WWE couldn't deny what was happening. And Kofi Mania was born. So then it was a buildup, just like just like Daniel Bryan's buildup. Like every week, it was everything that WWE was pretending that they didn't want pushing, but at the same time, they were pushing him. They were pushing him into the main event, but taking it away at the same time. They, he was in a gauntlet match where he won all the matches. And then they throw, who else? Daniel Bryan in at the end of it. Exactly. And he, he had to beat his lackey, Rowan, you know, before that. And then, like... Oh, you you defeated all that, Kofi, but blah, blah, you know, like, and then they bring in fucking uh, Daniel. Like, he was yeah. at his last wits, you know, kind of so like, reminiscent. He's not in the match. He's not going to be in the Ooh, championship yeah. again at WrestleMania. They have denied him again. And so then the New Day has to do it for him. And the New Day has a gauntlet match. And they do win it. And then he does get put into the main Oh, hey, man, you're, you're underselling that New Day uh, gauntlet match. Because it was a tag right. Team. What, are you making love to a bagel there, Rosie? So no, I'm just saying that was a great match. It was. So they went anything. through everything, and it's uh, pretty fucking emotional because if you understand, like, they've been put down every week. Boom, 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 boom. And Vince is cutting promos like, if y'all want your boy in there, pretty much, like, y'all got to win shit. So it kind of went on the whole team to get Kofi in there. Not like Kofi earned a spot, but, hey, y'all got to, you know, earn the spot too. Like, it put all of the importance on all of them to master this. And that tag team gauntlet match, you know, uh, they Big E flips the table on top of Rowan, climbs in the ring, and uh, he's under that table for God knows how long, and it's not even technically on him if you go back and watch that video. But, boy, when you get to, like, eight, nine, ten, and, like, you know, they win by countout, which means Kofi goes to WrestleMania, that crowd explodes. Like, it's fucking, you know – it's celebration time, baby. We're popping bottles, you know? Yeah, I, I like that because the crowd went wild and they had the people backstage. I like the backstage yes, segment. I was going to mention that, too. If you notice the Kofi Mania build, the roster was watching on the monitors, uh, you know, all of his matches yep. for the week. They were going for him. That's, that's, what's, <laughs> that's a really cool addition to it. And then, But yeah. to me, finally, though, what was so important uh, to the build of this match is that it's Daniel Bryan that he's facing. Daniel Bryan for five years ago that was willed in by the fans. Now Kofi's being willed on the fans. Now it's completely flipped. Daniel Bryan is the heel. Daniel Bryan is getting booed. Daniel Bryan is calling Kofi Kingston a B-plus player when Daniel Bryan was called a B-plus player. I don't say this much, but when WWE gets it right, they get it right, and they got this right because of all people that take – well, we know how the match goes, but you know, for all people to be in that match with him, I just don't think it could have been any more perfect than that. And Daniel Bryan threw the belt away. Remember that part. Yeah. He threw the belt away. Yeah. That eco-friendly bullshit, you know, brown. That stupid like, ass made out of wood. Yeah. But that's merchandise. They made. They probably made a ton of money off that belt. But they threw the other belt away. And that definitely struck a tone with, uh, you know, certain fans. Like, you know. Oh, fuck I you, agree. Brad. Yeah, y'all eat horse shit. I get this. Who the hell cares? Care. What? You know, like, who cares? It's it's a show, right? It's just a show. Well, David. Anyway, that's my build. So take it away. Take it away. Let's talk about the match. 
Anybody have uh, anything else on the bill? Because the bill was pretty monumental. Like that's pretty much no, my biggest thing was, you know, like I said, with not just the fans, but the wrestlers backstage being involved in it. Like that was something big. Like, you don't see that ever all the time. We, we don't ever see it. It's you never, know, you, never you happened never before. Brian's bill, you never seen it to anybody's like climb for the title. Like they would cut backstage right. and people are watching at the monitor, like, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. But Never you have to right. remember, you have to remember what started this though. It's all because Mustafa Ali got hurt. If he never got hurt, right. who knows what would have happened. And remember that he was supposed to win. So none of this right. happened. That he was supposed to be Kofi that year, you know? Mm -hmm. wow. And I mean, but the way the way they seen the fans reacting and they'd have to wrestlers backstage react the same way that meant like that showed a lot of it like i mean that's what i liked you never see that no you don't you don't see wrestlers backstage cheering on somebody else and, yeah. you know they're wanting that spot why the hell are they gonna cheer for him when they want that spot exactly but they're because he deserved it kobe yeah, he deserved, it. That he deserved it but brian wanted it for him too and brian made it happen yep. uh yes he put him over like a champ and I was invested heavily in that story. I think the Kofi Mania build, probably one of the best ones they've done in the least, uh, you know, last, what, four, three, four years. Yeah. I'm not saying it is yeah. the best, but boy, they hit it out of the park with that one. Because every week it was like, it seemed like you would predict like, okay, uh, you know, they're going to bury him away till Mania. But you kind of felt it when Vince is like, no, <laughs> like you're a B plus player. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, no. Oh, y'all are just an act. Like, y'all are an act. Like, you know, get the hell out it of just here. Came, the only way you're going is the Hall of Fame, Kofi. It was with these. Yes, two. the Hall you're of not Fame. Going That's in there as a single. Like, yeah. I mean, they just buried this dude. You only go in as the New Day. That's what he yeah. said. That was so it was, it was a good buildup of like, like, hey, we shouldn't be here, but guess what? We are here. You know, beat us. It's the same thing yep. with this guy. It's the same thing with Daniel. It's the same thing with Kofi. Like. Hey, we're here. The crowd loves me. Like, fucking bring can't it. Deny you know, me. You bring just can't it. deny me. It's awesome. God, I love that shit, man. I do too, man. That's what makes me a fan. This is the kind of shit that makes me a fan. For real. When wrestling's at its best like this, when you believe, like, that's my dude. Like, you know, fuck all them. He ain't supposed to be here, but fuck them. He's going to make it. That's wrestling, dude. That's a wrestling. That is. Have they ever swerved it where they had a big buildup for somebody and they made him lose? Booker oh, T. Absolutely. Booker T with Triple H. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. you can go ahead and uh, you can go ahead and look up that one. I'm not gonna yeah. get into that one. We you may cover it. We may cover it on a future episode of Kickout Crew. You know. Well, you look at small builds like um like Rusev. Rusev Day was over. Like oh, it was crazy, God. but they didn't want it. They didn't want to do it. There's things they could do, and they decide not to. I'm like, I'm glad they just didn't do that with Kofi. Right. They don't want because they didn't create it. Yeah. The fans created it. It's not something they the thing. They're it's crazy weird about, about like, hey, the people that pay your tickets and the people that try to come in your product, the people that do all this, and they, since we want something so bad, Vince is like, fuck them. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Vince like, well, they don't know what they want. Like, motherfucker, if we're paying our money and screaming Kofi's name, I think we know what we want. <laughs> you know? Yes. I think that's something. There would have been a revolt. If he didn't win, it would have been bad. And, and even going bad. into this match, I still didn't even know if they were going to do it because I really didn't think they were going to put the wagon on close. Kofi. I didn't know. A couple of close moments. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I wrote down that it was a great match. You know, it starts off a little fast paced with some back and forth between both men. And then obviously, you know, Kofi makes that one little mistake and, and Daniel Bryan just takes a match over. And Daniel Bryan is such a mechanic in the ring. I mean, he can win a match with anything he wants. I mean, he slows the pace down, you know, and it's a classic wrestling match. He slows it down, does a couple of heel moves, and then Kofi gets that little hope spot. He's like, oh, here we go, Kofi. Boom. Daniel Bryan cut, cuts it down and works on a little bit more. And then Kofi gets built up, built up. Boom. Daniel Bryan cuts him off again. What do you, I mean, what do you think just, about uh, they showed the belt under, or they showed something under a blanket on the table outside of the ring? Because when, when Brian comes down, he puts it, he puts his belt on that table, but they kind of cut to the camera before it, and uh, you could tell there's a belt under the uh, like carpet thing. Or the- I didn't notice that though. I I don't look for those things. Didn't notice it either. It was blatant as fuck. I don't <laughs> look for that. I don't want to know, James. Just because you want to know. That's what I'm saying. Why put it on TV? Hell, I don't want to know either. But I was like, I didn't even notice. But I was thinking in my head because I think commentary said it was a it was a, a frame to like set you know Daniel's fucking wooden yarn bullshit belt on it. <laughs> yarn. No, it was just a classic match, though. Shit, man. Yeah, it was it was it was a classic match. I mean, when we're when we're trained in the ring, it's the heel leads the match. You let you let the the face, the baby face, good guy. You let him get a little build up and then cut him off. Get the crowd back into it, cut him off. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan is one of the best at doing that, man. And it's just, I mean, I, I stayed invested the whole match. I mean, just come on, Kofi, come on, Kofi. Here we go, here we go. Ah, oh. ah, oh, here we go, Kofi, Kofi. Ah. Oh. And yeah, Daniel Bryan is so good at doing that. That's wrestling. And you know, he took pride in himself to be like, I'm about to make this motherfucker tonight. Like, you know, <laughs> he knew like, hey, because he's not going to give a, a poor title change, you know, because if he if yeah. it's a poor title change, then that means he's nothing, you know. So he's going to put his name out there. And he, uh, you know, he did a great job. Like, you know, what like Adam said, you know, doing all the stuff he needed to do and making it a great match, like. You're only as good as the guy you beat. And we've heard that a million times. But Daniel Brown went out there and was like, hey, I ain't fucking this up. Like for me and for you. You know, he had he had two two bodies to take care of that night. He had to take care of himself, make himself a respectable opponent, but he also had to make sure he made that dude. So that's and Daniel Brown can do that. You know, we've yeah. seen it a million times. The false finishes were good. I mean, the the two and seven eights counts. I mean, it was just an all-around great match. For me, it was just a great match. Well, I See, I, I thought it I thought it was a good match. It wasn't great. It wasn't what I expected out of the two. They did they did really, really, really good. But between the two of them, I think they could have brought out a better match in the whole situation. Woo! Just in like, different ways. Brad. Like this, what are you saying, Brad? Uh, I I mean Opinion's opinion, it's fine. But there were so many good <laughs> things to this match for me. No, there was. There, there was a lot of good things. The storytelling, the, everything else. I mean, all that was good. But it was just a match to me. I, mean, I guess saying that because of the finish. I think the finish, the way you build that. this match and the way you need that, like, one, two. Like, you need the crowd 100%. It kind of just ended. That that could be it. It could have been, like, I mean, because once he, once he hit that, 
Chobum Paradise, and it was over. We knew it was over. Oh, it came out of nowhere. There really wasn't. It did come out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. But I like it was. It was a clean finish. It was a clean one, two, three. No hijinks. No no tights pulled. No nothing. It was a clean right one, two, three in the middle of the ring. That was the good part of the finish. Daniel Bryan just getting up like as he knocked him down, and you know Kofi's there like wow, you know like wilding out, and then Daniel Bryan stands up, and then he hits him one, two, three. I think they could have done like maybe one or two moves. And then, boom, he catches it with the Trouble of Paradise. And, then, you know, right. like, get up, get up, and then, like, hit him. You know, and, like, you know, the act, the after match. After match, I'd like that. I dug all that. On, you know? We're not done with the match yet because I have a uh, heavy thing about the after I have something as well okay. real quick, but I'll, I'll be done after this, but I have to say it. When he's hit – when Kofi's getting the elbows on Daniel Bryan up on the ropes – or up on the turnbuckle. And the crowd's going, yes, yes, yes. That is Daniel Bryan's thing. But they're not saying it because of that. They're saying it because the yes chant is over, even though Daniel Bryan isn't anymore. And then you have Daniel Bryan doing the slow, no. <laughs> yep. No. Yes, yeah. that was good, no. yeah. And the crowd is booing like crazy. He is a genius. It's awesome. Yes. Genius. I mean, like I, I said, it, it was good. It. I mean, I, I I did like it. I just think it could have been better. Well, and stomping Kofi down, and then when Kofi kind of gets uh, Daniel's arms, oh. and the crowd's like, "Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah." Do you, do you think? They, do you think maybe? Do you think maybe if Kofi would have had more offense, it would have been a better match? Yeah, probably. If he had okay, more, I offense. can see it's that. Coming. It kind of seems like you know Daniel Bryan had the match set from the beginning. I mean, he. He just Kofi was battling from, yeah. from underneath the whole match. Yeah. But uh, I want to point out a couple of the big moves that were in this match. Uh, Kofi did this reverse suplex to Daniel Bryan. They literally just picked him up backwards and suplexed him so it was Daniel Bryan's front hit the ground. I thought that was a yeah. tremendous move. That was, that that was a hard, that's really a hard move to do, too, because everything's backwards. You're yeah, trying to do a regular right. suplex. And when you're backwards trying to do it, it's so hard to do it reverse. He's I'll give them credit on that. Dead weight, you know, yeah. like it's easy you, when you, you know, you can just like if you're head forward, you can do it, you know, easier. Yeah. But when if you you're back to it, like that's dead weight because you got to like yeah. lift when you do the a, dude. When you do a regular front yeah. suplex, you can post on the guy's leg or his knee. When his back was like that, there's no way to post. You can't help the guy. That was all Kofi, and I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, that was tremendous. I thought. Yes. Um, there was a dive from the turnbuckle on the outside. Kofi dove trying to hit Brian da or Daniel Bryan and hit his stomach right off the corner of the announce table. I thought that that That's looked right. honestly painful. And he sold the ribs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He did tell. He 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 did tell that real good. Love that. Then uh, the when Kofi the last big move that I had goes red. Oh, sorry, James. Uh, no, go ahead. It's your show. <laughs> that was, no, I didn't mean that derogatory. I was just saying <laughs> the kick out crew with Devin. <laughs> right? I'm gonna kick it on out to Devin. That's what I mean. You motherfuckers take that negatively. With Devin Dowling and friends. I was completely innocent on that, man. Oh no, just the the last thing that I really liked in this match was uh close to the end, uh Kofi got the SOS on Dang O'Brien. And Brian immediately reversed it into the label lock. Like, it was all, like, in one fluent motion. I really liked that. That was that was smooth. It just shows how good Daniel Brian is at his submission game. I mean, it's... 
I do like when it, when Kofi seemed to get some offense. Boom! It was just countered right back into like, yeah. oh God, he's gonna get him, you know? Like it kept the uh, teeter tottering, you know, across that line. Yeah, it was all close. those fickle fans—they're all fickle. <laughs> There's so much too that goes back to that original Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania 30 when they start yelling the announcer. I can't remember which announcer it is. It pisses me off. But come on, Kofi! Come on, Kofi! That, Michael Cole! Come on, Bryan! Come on, Bryan! They really did. More is than people be realize. a miracle on Bourbon Street? Like, that's the calling in the Orton Taps. Or not Orton, uh, Batista Taps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that part. Oh, so, yeah. anyway, I, I can't. That. I love this match a lot. Hey, as a fan, it brought me back in, dude. WrestleMania 30 pretty much reeled me back in. And then uh, to see, like, this type of thing, it was really awesome. Because I've been a fan of New Day, you know. Uh, the, the pancake throwing, you know, assholes and... Oh, Kofi can't be a champion because he's skinny and he throws pancakes. Like, you know, you hear all that shit all the time. But, boy, I mean, you can't deny, like, the crowd getting into it. And that elimination chamber is really what set it off, you know? That's the thing that – and that gauntlet match, you know? Oh, yeah, I forgot he had that. Yeah, that gauntlet match, yeah. Like, the build of this was amazing. It really yeah. makes you, like, that's my dude. You know, like, it sells you on Kofi. All it, right, so all right, so if you're Kofi – do you send Ali? Do you send Ali like a gift basket saying, "Hey, thanks for getting hurt. That gave me my spot." Do you yeah, do that? For real. He had I mean, first time won't be the last. Well, and look at and look at Ali when he came back. Uh, you know, he was uh, like he was nothing. Then they put him away. And then he was that retribution shit. And now he's gone again. Like, yeah, man, it, and I hate that for Ali because he's such spot. a good wrestler. Too. I love you know he put the hand out there like you know. Yeah. Well, he had that little Chris Jericho type gimmick type shit. He was going places. Yeah, he, he, he could have been so talented. There's no doubt. Oh, I do will say uh, there was one part I guess I have in my notes. Uh, Corey Graves when Kofi got blasted with something. Uh, Kofi Mania got canceled. <laughs> Dude, I don't. I don't care what you say about Corey Graves. I love. Oh, I love Corey, Corey Graves. Graves. I yeah. love. I'm sad his wrestling career got cut short. But man, he's a good announcer. Yeah, yeah. he might be back. That's true. Yeah, he will be back. But yeah, if, he, anybody, he uh, if anybody wants to cover the uh, finish, you know, like who's gonna? Brad, it's your match. Abrupt, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I mean, the finish is it. It, it was a little abrupt. Uh, it did. It was a little abrupt. Um, if you look in the background, I mean, you can see Daniel and. Um, Rowan, they red beard walking off. He's still. I didn't get that part. He might have said, "Take it home," because this was about a six-hour paper. That's true. Um, yeah, it could have because it was just a match that just finished. I mean, yeah. it just. And stopped. most of the time, most of the time when matches just abruptly end, it is one of the two be like, "Hey, we got to go home." <laughs> you know, it's either that or they were really putting over the underdog story as far as Kofi being an underdog that out. The way he can win is only because of out of nowhere, do one move and win. Like a fluke move type thing? Yeah, unless they were going with that angle, which I don't know if they were, but that could be an option. But then they tackle him in the ring. They tackle him in the ring, and it's a true moment. My my favorite part of this match, which the match is awesome, but my legit favorite part, and I tell people who aren't uh, wrestling fans, like, oh, it's fake, it's fake. Look uh, Look at Xavier Woods. When Kofi wins, look at Xavier Woods rush into the ring, hug him, and ball. 
Yeah. Like Xavier yeah. Woods is fucking bawling. They were oh, waiting oh, for it the whole match. And he knew the outcome. Why yes. is he crying? Like they why couldn't wait to get in there. Bawling. They couldn't yeah, wait to get in there. And then brought the boys in there until he brought his kids in there. That was amazing. Yeah. You know, like, people in the back was automatically goes and balls. Like that's real. That's real to them. You know, that's real shit. It was real. yeah because that that right there. I mean, that title means something to them. Oh, I mean, for them to be. Oh. You know, like everybody for you, I'm top of your class. Like that, I made it. Like I made it. Oh, pancake throwing fucks. You know, like you actually got to take it seriously because one of them's a fuck. It actually actually shows the respect that they have for Kofi, also, how much respect they have for him. The guy's in the back and everything. Uh oh. That's true because uh, the whole roster was watching it, which is also another thing. You know, they never do that. I mean, we all know how it ended. We're not talking about how it ended, but like the Kofi build and the Kofi like win, yeah. really fucking special. Like I said, look at Xavier Rhodes' face. He knew he, if he knew, obviously, or maybe didn't know, or whatever. And even if it was a spoiler, he knew the outcome could be that. Like he knew the odds, but to have him straight up break down when that dude wins the title, like you, you can never tell me wrestling's fake. That ain't fake. No. That's emotion. Like, that's real exactly. fucking shit. You will never yeah, tell me wrestling's fake. You can and they won it. Yeah. I love it. Bad. Fucking bad. And they got it. And we got it. And thank God for that. And that was right. You know, that's the WrestleMania before the pandemic. That's the, it was the last, like you said, one, one uh, night show. It was six hours long. That was the night of the main event with the three women. That's yep. another day. Which was a botched finish, but you know. At midnight, at least we got one good title change. (laughs) At midnight, at least midnight, right? Maybe later. Oof. Mm -hmm. But it was. uh, I had a lot of fun watching that show, and I love that match. How long did Kofi get to keep it before Brock beat him in like fifteen seconds? Six months. Six months. Yeah, six months. Half months. Yeah, because it was the first match. It was like Aprilish, and he lost it in uh, October. Was yeah, so probably six. Yeah, it was six months and it was 30, it was eight seconds and it was a shame. And they did them yeah. dirty, and I don't know why they did that. They, they could have had a match, Fox. they could have had a match. Why Fox. did they have to embarrass him? Fox. And then the next night, he's jumping up and down like nothing freaking happened. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, thanks. Fox. I still get pissed off about that, but that's again for another yeah. day. Yeah. Hey, we can cover day. that on a uh, future episode, eight second match. <laughs> you know, a run like on a Saturday night, night one, right? <laughs> you know, we can cover that one. <laughs> that episode will be 20 fucking seconds. Oh, what'd you guys think about this? Well, Kobe had a good run and start. <laughs> you know, <laughs> took about seven steps. Yeah, it's a version on prom night. The biggest build, yeah, is the biggest storyline of all time, or, you know, of recent time, the biggest build, the greatest story you ever told to WrestleMania in multiple years got fucking neutered, you know? In eight seconds, yeah. That's uh, terrible. You had the whole nation in, in, in thrusted in this. But hey, well, it's some Fox executive going, well, we don't know who the fuck that dude is. He throws pancakes. Yeah. Who's this hundred seventy pound guy? Lesner is, he's UFC. Go with Brock Lesnar. Yeah, exactly. Who's this hundred seventy five pound guy carrying this belt? Thank you. Look, at belt his more than he does. Look at his caved in chest. That looks weird. Go with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, that's yep. for another day. Go another day though, guys. Today <laughs> was a happy day that ended with Kofi King. It was. It was a great yeah, We don't know about the next guy. <laughs> one of the one of the biggest victories I've seen. Like it was really a culmination of 
like Brad said, the fact that it was Daniel Bryan, you know, Daniel Bryan was the people's like champ, you know, everybody ushered him up to the main event. And then now, you know, we got the Kofi, like, and what are the odds that Daniel Bryan happens to be champion when Kofi's making that climb? You know, like Put that's been poetic justice. That's, you can't script that. Been more perfect. Passing the torch almost. It was. It was so perfect. It yeah. made it perfect. Yep. And the best thing at all, we got rid of that stupid ass title that Daniel Bryan was carrying. <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, yeah. That was heat, hey, brother. We can't throw that in the trash because we have to make sure it goes in the recycle bin. We have to recycle it. We can't throw it away. Modern recyclables. You know. Oh, oh damn, I hated that title so much. Go green. It was a travesty. Conrad owns that one. I'm sure he does. Go green. <laughs> So now yep. we're, uh, I think we're on to Mike's wanna, Minute. Yeah, let's find out what's cooking with Mike's Meat Minute. I'm freaking starving. Mike's Meat Minute. Oh, hope you guys are hungry for this one. If you guys like seafood. <laughs> I've been mean, I mean, uh, a couple fish in my day. There you go. Uh, Mardi Gras shrimp is what I'm going to do today. What you need for this one, you need uh, two pounds of peeled shrimp. Uh, two tablespoons of Cajun season, a teaspoon of crab oil, one cup of Kittle Hogs barbecue, which Kittle Hogs is amazing, one to two teaspoons of Kittle Hogs hot sauce, depending on how you like it, or they also have that Obey hot sauce. That's awesome. Yep. Obey hot sauce. Just tried it, you know, this past week. Pretty good itself. Stick of butter. About a half an onion diced, uh, maybe a half a red pepper diced, yellow pepper diced. Do uh, four clovers or garlic clovers. You're going to dice those up. And a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. And what, then add you a little bit of. Uh, what was that? What kind of sauce? Worcestershire. One Worcestershire. More, one more again? Worcestershire. I don't know what that is. Can you, can you please uh, can you spell it for me? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> On to next thing on the menu is lemon juice. You need a yellow. Know what lemon. that is? <laughs> right. Yeah, what that is? <laughs> Shut up on my wish, sir. Uh, go ahead and heat your. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and heat your grill up to about three fifty. Put some butter and like iron skillet, something like that. You can do this on the stove too. It works on the stove. You know, saute your peppers, onions, do all that good stuff. Make sure they're nice and soft. Add in your garlic, let them sit for about two to three minutes. Add in your barbecue sauce and your Worcestershire sauce. JRS BBQ. Worcestershire. Same thing. We all know what I'm talking about. Barbecue sauce, Mike. You doing head country? Sweet Baby Ray's, like KC? No, it's the Kettle Hogs barbecue. It goes with the meat. It goes with the goes with it. <laughs> but you can go in JR's barbecue. JR's it works. Us, bro. JR gonna hate us. <laughs> hey, I, I got a couple recipes for JR. Already so. hates me. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple yeah. recipes for JR. Take a go ahead and get, you know, go ahead and get your peppers, onions, all that nice and good, ready. Throw your garlic in there, add your barbecue sauce and your wish sire sauce. <laughs> throw, a <little> bit of, <laughs> throw a little bit of lemon juice, Cajun seasoning, crab oil in there. Bring all that stuff to the simmer. Let it simmer for about 25 minutes. Add your shrimp. Throw that in there. 
cook it till the shrimp's done, but hey, take so five, ten minutes. Raw? Is the shrimp raw or pre-cooked? It's raw, but it's peeled. Gotcha. It's peeled Devin, Devin wanted me to ask because he's enthralled in this. And you know what? Details, yes. brother. Yes. If it's wrong, you know, do what you got to do. If, if you get the one that's pre-cooked, you ain't got to cook it as long. You know, you get the raw stuff that's already peeled. Always go raw. And uh, always go raw. Ladies, always go raw. Yep. Oh. Go ahead and cook that up for about five, ten minutes. Get it nice and good. Get yourself a little bit of French bread. Dip that French bread in that sauce. Right. Eat away. Very good noodle meal. I like it, man. I like it. Sounds uh sounds amazing. That yeah. sounds pretty good. And I'll hear from one of y'all next week when you one of y'all try it. That's true. Well, I had yeah. the meatloaf, I had the other the last week's today, and it was excellent. That's Thank true. You. Hey, you know, great ass meatloaf, especially wrap it in the bacon. That was a uh, you know, I know that that's how you keep the juices in. And you know me, like the juices in, but uh, it was a great way to uh, you know, set that up last week. So I can't wait to see how this week's, uh, you know, tastes, especially that Mardi Gras shrimp. You know me, Bourbon Street party. Like, let's go. There you go. It's it's party. Have you a couple beers while you're doing it, and you're good to go. All day, every day. Devin, you got something? You look, uh, you look eager. Oh, uh, well, no, this is a, this is a fun episode. Um, I don't really know. Uh, I don't have anything rehearsed to share. Was I supposed to have a second thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. De- yeah. Dev- Devin's ready to get back to his fiance. Yeah, fiance. Yeah, I know. She's probably like, get I, ain't off the I ain't seen her in 45 minutes. I miss her. I want to go see her. Get the fuck No, she was there. working all night. And then you're just talking about Mike's meat minute. And I haven't had dinner yet. So it's oh, getting me hungry. Got you hungry. <laughs> There you go. Great, hey, quick shout out to our friends, you know, um, Top Guy Theater, um, Ringside Rant, um, uh, Filter Free Podcast. Filter Free Podcast. Who, am I missing anybody else? Add free shows, baby. That's true, man. Free shows. shows. You know, dot com. <laughs> Boy, that's why James, we're all here, us, guys. That's why we're all where, here. Where can they find us, James? They can find us at Kickout Crew. That is the area, the at sign, Kickout Crew. It's easy to spell, and that's what we do. Because when life pins you down, you kick out it too. You got to kick out, there baby. Go. Like, uh, we got uh, at Brad. I don't know your Twitter handle. Uh, yes, man, Brad. That yes, yes. man, Brad. Yes. Yep. And I'm Mike man. at Whitaker1028 on Twitter. I'm at DevinD19 at Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever you want me. Um, I'm at Adam underscore from underscore Bama. Easy enough. And I think real coach Rosie. I think Rosie's that real coach Rosie. You know, you can find us. And uh, we have a Facebook page. It is at the Kickout Crew. Uh, You can find us if you have any uh, suggestions or comments or anything you would like to see on the show. We are always open to that. You know, at Kickout Crew on Twitter, like we said. Or you can hit us up at a Kickout Crew pod at gmail.com you know we uh we are definitely uh down for suggestions we are uh you know pretty much uh basically launched right now and we're going to uh, full steam so if you have something you want to see or if you have something you want to blurt out of your ass and that we're going to ignore 
please, uh, you know, hit us up. You know, nothing's guaranteed, <laughs> but you know, except for Ed. Yeah, right. If you're, if you're gonna bring the hate, we're more than likely gonna take it into consideration, laugh amongst ourselves, and then uh, discard it. But if you have some suggestions or comments, you know, always good to you know hear feedback. I mean, everybody knows us, you know. Yeah, a match for us to watch, a question for us. That's true, a good match. Like, bring to attention, I don't know, anything you want. Something you want cooked by Min and Mike. Right? Yeah, if you yeah. want something cooked by Mike and his uh, yeah, Mike's right. Meat Minute, Min and Mike, Meat, Meat Mike Minute. Mike's Meat Minute. Yeah. We'll get this. <laughs> Give it a <laughs> Mike's Meat Minute. And if anybody needs a car, you know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to Brad. If you want to throw your money down the drain, Brad is always accepting, uh, you know, <laughs> for uh, cars. Better have a good And you need your opinion on buying a house. Hit up Coach Rosie. Yeah, right? It, it, yeah, we got a bunch of swindlers on here. We got a bunch <laughs> of swindlers. Uh, nitro Pepsi. Car, uh, here we go. Every credit score and uh, down payment ready for Brad. If you're trying to lose your ass on a house, have your down payment and credit score ready for Rosie. <laughs> we if, got if, it. You're right, Brad. We, yeah. we made people's dreams come true. We put them in the cars of their dreams in the home team. There you go. Sometimes the price of something uh, is, isn't as important as your happiness. And then we give you a catch. You can't put a price on a smile. That's 100% correct. Go. Whether you get in, in touch with Brad on the car side or me or Amy on the mortgage side, you'll be taken care of 100% from the beginning of the process till the very end. Yeah, we make a lot of jokes, but we are we are a, a good group of guys here. We Reach out to us. Let us know what you think, okay? 100%. Devin, closing thoughts. Uh, this was a fun episode. It was a fun two matches to watch. Um. Kofi Mania was running wild. I was all in the heat of wrestling at that time. And uh, it was just fun. It's fun to always share my thoughts with you guys, too. It's fun yeah. topics to talk over. And I'm excited to get back to it next week. It's exciting. Boy, you would not believe the surprises we have in store next week. But hey, as long as we, uh, you know, enjoy this uh, episode, might as well uh, chime in, you know, on the next episode, you know. We're always ever growing and we got a lot of things in store. Like Adam, Adam, what were you about to say? Oh, I didn't realize I was gonna say anything other than thank you uh, guys for having me. Is that the uh is that the Vaya con Dios? Vaya con Dios, amigo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh yeah. Well hey, yep. that's it. gonna wrap it up. That's gonna wrap it up uh for us here at the kickout crew, you know, because uh always remember, you know, when life gets you down. Kick out at two, because that's what we do. We're the kickout crew. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever uh, succumb to life's pressures. Just always throw that shoulder when you need to. <laughs> so uh, thank you all for joining us. And uh, hey, hope everybody has a great week after this. Enjoyed it. <laughs>